0: 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City, Community Radio. Streaming online at www.kkfi.org.
1: The views and opinions of this program are those of its host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 90.1 FM, KKFI, Midcoast Radio Project, or its staff and volunteers.
2: sad story, sad story now, still waiting for the truth to be told now it won't be long now it won't be long heard the news heard your rivers all run dry and on TV I see missiles Sky, word is out. Loud whispering, for we know. Oh, oh Angels turn mercenaries coming, 10,000 thousands Oh, oh, oh yeah. Motherland, yeah Yeah you, oh, Motherland. Feel free
0: city community radio this is urban connections i'm your host donna morrow wolf our guests in studio today are phyllis becker gina bardwell and angela hagenbach who is joining us remotely angie are you there angie are you there hi i don't hear angie we're going to work on getting her there um but let's get started with our conversation, guys. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Angela, hold on just one second, and I'll get your audio uh, patched in with us. But I wanted to get the conversation started here in studio uh, with Gina and with Phil. So um, tell us about this endeavor you guys have going on coming up uh, this tomorrow, Sunday.
3: Yeah. Talk about that. Take it away, Phyllis.
4: So... Um Gina and Angela and I have known each other in various ways. I've known Gina since grade school and Angela, um, you know, as an adult. And um, I met Angela through my parents. But we are all very creative people. And um, I thought that um, it would be nice for us to collaborate and do some work around some real common themes and issues in our lives.
3: And what was good about working together is that we agreed a lot about the vision for our group, which is called Feeling the Gap, which is the first letter of our names, Gina, there's a G, A for Angela, and P for Phyllis, the gap. So it's feeling the gap, and it's also filling the gap. We have a lot of, uh, You know objectives that we that guide us through this entire process, and I'm just going to throw out my favorite one, Phyllis, and then you throw out your favorite objective because we have many. But one of my favorite objectives, one of the one of the things that drew me to this project, that we were going to, you know, sort of identify and heal the fragmented pieces within our own life's journey and those of our ancestors and blend those together. And what we were going to present and talk about. What was yours, Phyllis? Um, I liked the idea of
4: us talking about our family and our past and honoring that. And then how has that shaped our lives today? And... um, I, it was also very interesting because I had done projects with you right. where you had read your Irene story. Right. And Angela had started writing this historical novel about her ancestors of Weston.
3: And your wonderful poetry. And I was doing
4: uh, my poetry. Which so, was so beautiful. Right. And so, you know, I just felt it, it's just been a good synergy. And these objectives really um, kind of got us
3: focused. It got us focused and, and mm-hmm. guided us and kept us on track, too. Yeah. And I think, just being able to write thematically was great, and to blend our work as in, in in these separate units, we were you know we were able to really I think bring our objectives to life, mm-hmm. and hopefully, our listening audience will enjoy that too. Tomorrow, we're very excited.
4: Yep. The other piece that. Um For me that's been such a joy on this project is that the three of us are, uh, though we have a lot of commonalities, we're very different and we um, bring our different personalities, our different genres and art. And writing styles. And writing styles to the table and it's really to see that collaboration and also that diversity come together is just a really exciting. Creative process for me,
3: and yeah, and it's a good way to work too. Because you know, you don't want everything to be group think. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have the variety uh, of all of us being able to share and have our own individual voices heard in this project too.
0: So Gina, <laughs> Gina, yes? I uh, referred to you guys as iconic <laughs> local artists uh, here on uh, KKFI's website, you, Gina Bardwell, Phyllis Becker, and Angela Hagenbach, who I will get on the line here in just uh, just a moment. She's standing by. But talk about your beginnings, Your uh, what brought you to be where you are right now, um, well, being from Kansas City. Oh,
3: okay. Yeah, I'm a native of Kansas City, and I never have forgotten that. I don't take it lightly, and I'm always happy to talk about that because people usually say, you're not from New York, are you? And I go, nope, nope, I'm not. But I think just working here in the theaters and throughout my time in Kansas City, all the way back to Carnes Theater at 550 Charlotte where I started, and my aunt Irene got me started there. And I did a lot of plays, worked at UMKC, the Coterie Theater, and those are really where I cut my teeth. Where I was able to get a lot of training and then I moved on to New York and graduate school there at Rutgers, Mason Grove School of the Arts, finished and you know, a lot of soap work and some off-Broadway theater. and. But then, you know, I didn't like. I I just wasn't going to live on orange juice crates. You know, that just wasn't my thing. (laughs) And so, you know, I ended up just. You got a thing against. A thing against orange juice crates. I do. Thank you. My back has a thing against it. You know, uh, (laughs) my legs have a thing against it. But I was able to carve out. The artistic piece of my life, and also married it to, you know, becoming a, a chair of a speech and communication par- uh, department at a university in New York, where I'm, I'm still the chair and still working there. And I bring in all of my expertise in theater and communication to my courses, and it's a, it's a, it's a really good blend. So here I am, back in Kansas City. Okay. And working with two of my favorite people, and that's been a true and pure joy.
0: Angela? Angela, can you hear us now? I wanna wanna,
1: say something so we can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. Okay, I can hear you. Can you hear me?
0: Now we can hear you on air. air. Thank you so much for joining us here today.
1: Well, it's such a pleasure. I'm sorry I can't be there in person.
0: Talk about where you are, Angela.
1: Angela? Well, at the moment, I am in Weston, Missouri. It's a historic town once, and it's an antebellum town, a Missouri River uh, town that was established in 1837. And I'm here tonight instead of with you, it's because um, they're having the Weston lighting ceremony, uh, lighting up the town, you know, to avoid the crowds or the the competition with the plaza lighting ceremony. And I'm here. Because uh, the Dinah Robinson Courtyard, this will be the first time that it will be lit up as part of the whole of Weston um, being lit up for the holiday season. And
0: Now, please so explain well, who Dinah Robinson who Dinah, is or was. or was.
1: Well, Dinah Robinson is my wife. She's, she's my great, 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 great grandmother. And uh, she, she purchased her freedom and our as, Phyllis loves to say, and I have to agree. She paid her ransom for herself, her husband, her son, and her daughter in 1859. And then by 1860, she bought her first property, which happens to be uh, where the, uh, the Dinah Court war- yard stands today. So I'm here to represent and, uh, you know, be there for this lighting ceremony for the first time and. I don't know, slavery.
0: (laughs) Now, for folks who who don't know where Western...
1: welcomed in this way.
0: For folks who don't know where Western Western Missouri Missouri is, and I've got some kind of reverb going on here, here. so I'll be brief. Brief. For folks who don't know where Western 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 Missouri Missouri is, please describe that.
1: Okay, Western Missouri is... Well, it used to be located along the Missouri River into the River Change, but that's another story. But it is uh, northwest of um, downtown Kansas City, uh, about 45 minutes northwest of downtown Kansas City. And it's in Platte County. And, um, in, you know, Platt County is that little flagship, uh, if you will, on the state of Missouri, which uh, joined the union. It's the, I'm sorry, joined the state of Missouri in 1836, and Missouri became a state in 1821. So it, it added two million acres to the state of Missouri, and uh, Platt County, I'm sorry, the Weston is one of the seven cities in Platte County.
0: Yeah. That I did that, not know, that no, annexation, annexation part, part, I did not know that. Um, so thanks for sharing that with us. Um, um, I wanna go back to to Phyllis now. Talk about your history and what brought you to be where
4: you're at right now. now. So my family is from the East Coast. coast. And like a lot of black people, people they ended up migrating migrating west. west, And and my father was was in the the army, army and they paid and they for his medical school. school and so he so had he to had pay them back by back working at VA centers. centers. Yeah. And um, each one of us each was one born one in a different, different state, state at a VA at a center. center. Yeah. And, and, um, and Kansas, Kansas, well, Leavenworth, Kansas, Leavenworth, Kansas was, their was their last stop and that's where my that youngest sister was born, born. Nia. And, yeah. um, and um, After that time of service, he started his private practice in Kansas City, Kansas, and that's how we ended up here in Kansas City, Kansas. Kansas. My family has always kind of had this um, helping fields, but also a real strong arts arm in our arm family, in our too, family so. too so so we had teachers so who were painters, who were painters and, 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 and you know I'm a social yeah. worker and a poet. poet my sister's a nurse um, and a nurse. dancer so, so that's always that been always a, kind a kind of a our family, family, family culture and, um, and um, so, so I, I, was dancer, I was a dancer and I thought and I would I thought would do that for longer than I did, but I did not, and so I missed the artistic process, and I thought, you know, I love writing as well, and so I started writing, and that was back in my 20s, and I've been doing it ever since. Well,
0: thank you so much for that, Phyllis. Let's take a break right now, and see if we can get this audio a little bit better. hooked up. Everybody please stay tuned to 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. This is Urban Connections. I'm your host, Donna Wolf. Our guests today are Gina Bardwell, Phyllis Becker, and Angela Hagenbach, who are, are doing a presentation doing a present tomorrow, tomorrow. Riverfront, Riverfront Reading Series, Feeling yes. the Gap. Stay tuned, and uh, we'll be back right after this pause.
5: blue your kisses too. I can't believe what they can do. I can't believe that you're in love with me. You're telling every single one that you know I'm on your mind each place you go. I can't believe that you're in love with me. To place you so far above me, now I just can't imagine that you could love me. And after all is said and done, just to think that I'm the lucky one, I can't believe that you were in love with me.
0: KFI, Kansas City Community Radio. That's I Can't Believe You're in Love, sung by our guest, Angela Hagenbach.
5: you telling <laughs> every single one that you know I'm only my teacher.
0: What a pleasure disco. it is to have her joining us here today. And uh, also to have Gina and Phyllis. Here today, I feel like this is like old home week or something like that. Yes. Because I have none, known these ladies for so uh, many years, and they are such prolific artists who have kept Kansas City current. And growing and on the cutting edge um, artistically, uh, Phyllis with your poetry, Gina with your acting and and writing, and Angela with her with her music and her jazz ambassadorship uh, representing us all over um, the world. So um, coming up. Tomorrow, The Riverfront Reading Series is presenting Feeling the Gap, where these iconic Kansas City artists will be uh, uh, joining their energies through poetry, fiction, and music to feel their ancestral history and fill in the gaps between yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Uh, Tell the people where this will actually take place. Phyllis, please.
4: Yes, it's... um at the Writers' Place um, in the nonprofit Village Building at thirty-first West thirty-first Street. So thirty-one
0: West thirty. Yeah,
4: thirty-one West thirty-one, and it's between um, um, Broadway and Main. It's so, yeah, on thirty-first Street. Oh, okay. okay. So it's on thirty-first Street.
0: Okay, that's that's been in use as a as a theater place for a while, has it not?
4: Um, you know, I don't I think know. Think it has been, but it, it, it's it's not. I, I don't know how long it's been in existence, but now it's a building that uh, supports nonprofits. And so um, you can have offices there and they have a, a space for meetings and then they also have a space where you could do presentations or have events. Okay. And so that's where the Writer's Place uh, is housed these days.
0: Now talk about that the The Riverfront Reading Series. Okay. What is that about?
4: So the Riverfront Reading Series was started in the eighties by Phil Miller, and Phil Miller was my mentor and um, writing teacher. And so, he got us all involved, and he started the Riverfront Reading Series along with another gentleman who stayed around for a little while and's now gone. But Phil um, was, you know, those, one of those hands-on kind of teachers. So you know, he would. He probably, um, if you talk to many writers here in Kansas City, they probably had their first reading at Riverfront, because <laughs> Phil really tried to focus and support uh, people who are up and coming and may not get readings other places. When he and his wife moved to, to um, Pennsylvania to retire, he asked me if I would coordinate it, and I'm like, no. <laughs> and so, but then I went to sleep on it, and I got up the next morning, I said, wait a minute, maybe I can do it if I had a committee. So it's like taking six people to do what Phil did by himself and with his wife, so. Just as anyway. so long
0: as it gets done. And, yeah, and
4: I, and absolutely. That,
0: that's all that matters. Yeah. And, and I do want to vouch for you as a dancer from way back in the day in uh, Kansas City and mm-hmm. Black Exodus Dance Theater. Right. She had this. 180 degree split grand <laughs> jeté that was just yeah. beautiful, just phenomenal. So, uh, oh, those were the days. Those were the days.
4: <laughs> and we well, I just think it's so funny that all it. of us at, probably at one point danced
3: with Black Exodus. Oh, yeah.
0: Yes. And then talk about Black Exodus uh, dance theater, both of you.
3: Yeah. So, Phyllis was a dancer and quite. Beautiful, beautiful dancer, and uh, I danced with Black Exes in their modern dance company mm-hmm. for years, and it was under the auspices of Willa Jo Zoller. She yes. was our dance instructor and choreographer, mm-hmm. and we would go Taught all us over Dunham City. technique. Too. Yeah, the yeah. Dunham everything. technique, Dunham te- we, everything. It was. Everything. Just, I mean, she. Amazing amazing I mean, we, we learned. Just a lot about dancing in ways that were profound, sort of native and also African drumming mixed Mm -hmm. with ballet Mm -hmm. and point your toe, point that Mm toe, she would say. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it had a little bit of ballet, modern movement, uh, and you learned. Just how to express yourself, and it was very clearly. It was originally a a part of UMKC. It was part of UMKC, yeah. And 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 then Willow Joe has gone on to great acclaim, and yeah, she does. She has. She's uh, well. She was the artistic director of the Urban Bush Women in New York. Yes, she and And she started it. Yes, she started it, and she you know moved a company there. She is no longer the artistic director, but she has a still has an impact and a, a great role in the in the world of dance yeah. and is very well respected. We, were very, we were very lucky to. Uh, we were. We were so lucky. Yeah. We were so, and, and we were lucky to get funding from UMKC to yeah. allow and, us to travel all over Kansas City yeah, to do and, and those performances. And regionally. I remember and performing
0: regionally. at K-State and places like that. Right, and yeah. and Parkville, Parkville College. All that. We were Park all college. over the place. Yeah, it was so much yeah, fun. It was great. And it was an outlet for cultural expression and cultural uh, Mm -hmm. pride because this was Black Exodus uh, Mm -hmm. Dance Theater and then there was also Voices of Exodus the Mm -hmm. Gospel Mm -hmm. Choir uh, back in the day that uh, also came out of UMKC Um, it was uh, was a wonderful time very nourishing very nourishing time Uh, Angela can we still hear you say something dear talk to us you still there? Now we can't hear you is she, anymore. Is she on mute? <laughs> no, she's not on mute. She's taken herself off of mute. Okay. And so now we don't have her voice anymore, which is very distressing. But I'll try to get that back once again. Um, see if we can do that. Um, talk about your writing, please, if you would. Well, Gina, I, I would love your to. inspiration.
3: I would say that. As of late, I would say within the last five years or so, you know, Phyllis was really the one to approach me mm-hmm. and say, "Gina, you have to really tell the story of your family. My mother and her two sisters w- or grew up in Missouri and never left. And they, the Whitley sisters, and they, the, the State uh, Historical Society of, of Missouri did a retrospective and a, and a museum tour." of my mother and her sisters that traveled the state of Missouri and ended up at the state capitol. And it was really all about their life and they're featured in a book uh, uh, written about how they migrated really the family from like Tennessee and ended up in Missouri. And so I said Phyllis okay I'll start writing and she really has been the one who has led me to Write something and finish it, and so then I did this series of excerpts called I, my. I, they're called Irene stories. That's my aunt's name. She's a. She just died in April. Passed away at 103. Wow. And she was quite a storyteller and mm-hmm. very funny and just uh, people would come around just to gather around to hear her talk. And I just, over the years, I mean, I would put little phrases on napkins and little pieces of paper, and I just decided to gather all that together and put into a collection these uh, these Irene wonderful stories that I can recall from since I was a child and a girl just having my adventures with her. So, Phyllis was really good in helping me get there. And I, I so appreciate her for, st- For leading me and saying, you will finish. And I did. I got to the finish line. (laughs) And I'm continuing to write. So.
0: Hey, Angela, can you hear me? Can you call in on KKFI's line, just regular telephone line, 816 931 5534? 816 931 5534. Because I have. giving up on zoom okay <laughs> we're going to do this does not this we're going to do this the old fashioned way yep uh, low tech does not okay stop it okay <laughs> thank you so much for for that and and your irene stories yes talk about irene
3: well she was she's just wonderful i i never met someone or had somebody in my life i don't know what my life is really without her I'm still sort of in the morning stage and trying to uh, get get through the fact that we used to talk on the phone, COVID hit, and then we would do these video calls, right? And mm-hmm. I'd call her and she'd go, is that you in that little box down oh, there? And I'd gosh. go, that's me. And I'd wave and she'd go, well, why are you in that box? Can't you can't you get my teeth for me? Oh, and then my I'm like, gosh. oh no. I just, you know, <laughs> she, she was so funny, just kind of unfiltered and but the, but i remember just her being such a savior you know when when you're going through adolescence or you know you're right out of college and you have all these issues you could go to her and tell her anything and she would understand and i mean but understand in a way that a really good friend would understand so mm-hmm. not only was she my aunt uh, who kind of told me what to do, but she was also a person who listened to me, mm-hmm. and and you know like my mother, she she lived next door. They built houses next door to each other, mm-hmm. so I had two houses growing up, and okay. I would just run back and forth See? to, so that was a lot of fun. But she was an extra, she was extraordinary, yeah. as was my mother, and so and as was my other aunt, and so I'm I'm just I got I have a wealth of information to write about them in ways that are simple but profound because they were extraordinary ordinary women
0: absolutely what a blessing Angela do we have you (laughs) Angela did she call? yeah she called she called. We're going to take a break and come back. Get Angela back on the line. You're tuned to 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. This is Urban Connections. I'm your host, Donna Wolf. Our guests, iconic Kansas City artists, Gina Bardwell, Phyllis Becker, and Angela Hagenbach are our guests today. They'll be doing a presentation tomorrow for Riverfront Reading Series. It's called Feeling the Gap. We'll talk about it some more when we come back after these messages.
1: Support for KKFI brought to you by the Midwest Trust Center at Johnson County Community College. Now welcoming audiences for its 2023 season. Performances include blues, rock, jazz, classical, world music, comedy, and children's programming. See the full season and learn more at jccc.edu slash Midwest Trust Center.
0: Tune in every Saturday at 5 p.m. for Changing Narratives, a program hosted by me, Brother Jack. Join me for interviews and discussions that will be informative and entertaining. While interviewing some of the unsung heroes from the African-American community, our goal is to bring balance to the negative narratives that are currently being shared. Once again, every Saturday at 5 p.m., Changing Narratives with Brother Jay.
5: As the
0: night creeping in slow, a cold, empty bed, tired head on my pillow. It's too late for tears wasting years ago. Angela Hagenbach here at 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. This is Urban Connections, and I believe we have Angela on the phone. Angela, are you there? I'm here. Ooh, hallelujah. It's so great to hear your voice on the air. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being a trooper and uh, hanging in there so that we can get your lovely voice on uh, the air. Um, Now, you ladies have joined forces. I think it's a formidable group and brought your energies together. I'm hearing that this was in the works for quite a while.
1: Yeah, Yeah, we... we, oh, is that Angela?
0: Yeah, that's Angela. Yeah, go, go ahead.
1: ahead. go ahead. Uh, well, Phyllis approached me uh, about this, uh, I'm going to say at least a couple of years ago, if not mm-hmm. uh, longer, um, because we we all have this creative energy. We're basically, we're creative, I mean, in various mediums of uh, artistic expression, if you will. And um, and i I know, Jean, I sort of knew Jean. Although, there's no reason that I can understand that we didn't meet before when we were children. (laughs) Because I went to Carnes Theater. Um, Her mother was my... uh, Counselor in high school. Wow, uh, it, it's just strange. But we all we all came from Kansas City. and We're all in that same age group. We're, now. I can I can honestly say that we're silver foxes. And, <laughs> and um, you know, and it's it's just great. Phyllis asked if you know she had this idea about uh, these three women coming together to, to fill the gap of uh, between our ancestry and today, and how all of all of that has. Groomed us to be the women that we are now, and um, and I thought it was a great, great idea, great opportunity to get together with uh, with these sisters, and you know, and finally we've we have we have a, a presentation tomorrow, so I'm really excited about that, and yeah, and this is just the beginning.
0: Well, we certainly are excited about it uh, too, um, Angela. You're the founder of the Black Ancestors Awareness campaign? Is that related to uh, Western Missouri? Talk about that, please.
1: Well, uh, I, you know, a lot of black people have a a lot of issues trying to trace their lineage. Um, In 98, I found out that I had a a grandmother who uh, came to Missouri by way of Kentucky enslaved, and I thought that was fascinating. And I loved her name, um, Mariah Vaughn. I later found out it was Mariah Dayton Vaughn, but Mariah Vaughn, I was already singing at the time, and I was just a super super fan of uh, uh Sarah Vaughn. I'm like, oh, this is Kismet, I love this. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Vaughns are spelled a little differently, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but I was busy raising my children and touring and and doing all I could to to earn a living at being an artist, which is, is you know, it's it's a lot of work, <laughs> but I managed. Uh, so I didn't do a lot with that, but just knowing that was very cool. But um, as time wore on, I got more interested, more in, you know, just like, okay, i got to find out something. So I came, you know, I would come up to Weston a lot, even with the kids when they were small. Mm-hmm. But I started looking around and I didn't see um, any representation of our people,
6: mm-hmm. and
1: so, meanwhile, I was digging and finding all kinds of um, documents uh, about their you know, either deeds or or U.S. federal census and things, and trying to piece together their lives. In order to do that, I had to kind of piece together their community, and one thing led to the another. To another, all this. All this information I was finding was like a skeleton, you know. So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I got to put some meat on. So that's when I started writing, um, Folks of Weston, my historical novel. But in doing so, I met all I was interviewing people on the streets and, you know, and talking to these, uh, not communities, um, uh, entities like the Chamber of Commerce or mm-hmm. the Planning and Zoning Committee or, anything mm-hmm. and Consequently, I was meeting and and visiting with all the right people, and long story short, I tried to put together a Juneteenth celebration, Mm -hmm. and I tried about three times and failed. And then, after George Floyd died, Mm -hmm. um, I got a phone call saying, well, what's going on with with Juneteenth? I'm like, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and this was in February of 2021, Mm -hmm. and so she said, well, we still like to do it. And so somehow we managed to pull it together, and what really helped me was that I called my girlfriends, mm-hmm. and um, Phyllis Becker is one of them. Of course, Jeannie was in uh, New York, and uh, and so uh, along with them and these folks that I met up here in Weston, we pulled together a show that was was phenomenal. So It was so good that uh, we... Our physical sponsor. We got the museum here to be our physical sponsor, Mm -hmm. and now we're a non-profit entity within the museum. And I got, I was able to get this property that my uh, great-great-great grandmother purchased in pre-Civil War in 1860. Uh, It's called now the Dinah Robinson Courtyard, and it's you know it's a a Mm -hmm. thing.
0: (laughs) How fabulous is that? I don't
1: mean to ramble on. Yeah no 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 you're
0: not you're not rambling on at all and you know the thing is first of all um, is there still a black population in Western Missouri?
1: Well, it goes up two hundred percent when Phyllis and I show up. Okay.
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. But you know, I, but I'm being facetious, but not really. Um, mm-hmm. There was a uh, let's say in year twenty twenty two, there was a, a black homecoming king and we honor him at Juneteenth and, and so it's, it's starting to get integrated slowly but there is movement and, mm. and that's and that's a that's a plus that's a godsend because you know diversity is it makes everything so much better it makes it and amazing. so much more interesting
0: absolutely and it's it's turning into wine country up there isn't it in Weston oh yeah well
1: it's it's kind of been wine country for a while but it's 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 I'm gangbusters now you know there's lots of different uh wineries here in town and um so and there's so much to do in west it's incredible and the fact that we started the black ancestors awareness campaign we have a a, a western black heritage walking and driving tour uh we have programs we have uh, speaker series and um and we're just you know, we've got a new monument coming up um, called the Black Hawk Walk, which is a, a, a sidewalk. It used to be a street that ran through the Black, black Hawk Street, where a lot of black people lived on the, that street. And now it's a park, but we got it named Black Hawk Walk, and it tells, you know, a little history of what was there before the park was put in place, the city park. And, uh, we're, t- we're working towards getting a Black History mural painted on one of the buildings, which is very complicated because we have really strict um, planning and zoning and historical preservation codes and rules, but we're working on it.
0: Well, that's and, absolutely uh, amazing.
1: Yeah. That's so a lot. Okay. But it's Thank all you. worth it.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for, for sharing that, and and you've yeah. become an author now in addition to being a singer.
1: Well, yes, I have a column uh, in the uh, Western Historical Museum's Quarterly, and it's called, uh, let's see, what is it called? Uh, Resilience in the Face of Advertisement. Okay. And, um, yeah, and it's for the Museum's Musings is what it's called. And I I started that column, oh, I think it was in 2021, so it's a you know, quarterly. So, yeah, and I'm getting the stories. It's the first ever uh, column focused on Weston's black ancestry or black history or black lineage, if you will. Okay, well, so, come,
0: I want you to yeah. come back on another Saturday and tell us all much more in detail in depth about uh, that. i happy to. That's fascinating, <laughs> uh, fascinating um, history. Uh, Gina, yeah. back, <laughs> Gina, back to you.
3: Yes. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Tell us about your career in New York City, and really, how did you make that transition? And
3: you're a professor now, right? Right. I'm a, a professor, an assistant professor at uh, Touro University. We got university status about a year and a half ago. And, you know, they, in New York, they weren't granting any university status for the last, I want to say, 30 years to any school who was applying for it. And then we got ours because... Terrell University turned 50 years old. Okay. And they granted us university status. And it just goes to show for you, keep at it. So college to, from mm-hmm. college to university. Right. Okay. And we moved right into the heart of Times Square in a brand new, like, I want to say 15 story building, all glass wow. and chrome. Oh my gosh. And, wow. but thank God we're across from the police station. No, I'm just saying, no, I'm just, you know. But it's all high, high touch, high tech, and you go in and you just punch a button and it just takes you up to your floor, and you know, so it's really state of the art. And I've been with Turo, well, I want to say since the War of 1812, excuse me, but for a long time, (laughs) and I started as an adjunct right out of graduate school from Rutgers, Mason Grove School of the Arts, and really started back in like 1998. Is when I started at just you know doing a class here or there because I was also uh, teaching at uh, NYU and I had finished a course at Rutgers just teaching. This is just like after graduate school so. But then, you know, it was also, I was also an actor. I mean, one year I had 18 1099s. Okay. And, uh-huh. And you go down to well, the... that's a good thing, That though. is a good thing. And you would go to the unemployment office and you would wave to your uh, actor friends, well, hi! And they go, well, hi! And we would just wave at each other going, oh, when's our next gig? You know, and like I told you, I wasn't doing orange juice crates. Okay. So... I finally got on full-time and worked at Arturo University, and then Scholastic pulled me away, and I ended up being an operations manager for Scholastic, and I traveled with J.K. Rowling. Scholastic Books? Scholastic Books, right. And Scholastic Books was the one who bought, really, J.K. Rowling's Manuscript. The Harry Potter Yeah, the series. Harry Potter stories, you know. Oh, and they just said, okay, we'll help you out, lady, you know. And mm-hmm. she was like, well, you know, she she didn't really sell the rights, but she said, well, can't you just help me print and all this? And to make a long story short, I got to travel with her to three cities, New Orleans. I got to do uh, the Kodak Theater in Los Angeles and then back here to Carnegie Hall. Okay. And uh, she was, a, you know, really an amazing woman, very humble, you know, Started writing her book on napkins in cafes. She was sleeping in her car and taking care of her daughter, divorced from her husband. And so she really understood sort of the it, p- people that had challenges. And uh, then I went back to, I left Scholastic and Turo came calling again. I went back to Turo and that's where I really was able to work as a chair. And then I Got another uh, promotion as the director of general education. So those are two jobs that I have at Turo University on top of this new fabulous group with Angela and Phyllis, mm-hmm. and we work on that. I mean, we, we really work on that. It's kind of like our, our our second job. It might be it might be Phyllis and Angela's third or fourth job. <laughs> okay, you know, but you know, it's definitely my second or third. And so putting all this together, it's kind of like I, can't, I don't really know how I can function and do the things that I do at my job at the university without this outlet to be able to find my voice and find the voices of my ancestors and we all sort of put this together and deliver the gift to the world. Whoever wants to listen or deliver the gift to the riverfront audience, mm-hmm. right? So that has just been my trajectory. I've, you know, I've done lots of theater in New York, and like I said, I've done soap. And, but I, I, I really have enjoyed, I just, and I got my first play produced at New Perspectives Theater. <laughs> I, I mean, I couldn't believe they, they picked my play <laughs> and they, they produced my play. We had yeah. actors and some of my friends came from Kansas City, and I thought, wow. I checked that off the bucket list, and then I still have a few things on that list, and, and that bucket is heavy with okay. things I need to check <laughs> off, but that was one thing, so I must say that that's, that's been a real thrill, so I that's my connection is with New Perspectives Theater in New York, and also multi-stages. I work a lot with... and. Phyllis can speak to this. I work a lot with uh, Lorca Perez and her and her mom, and who she was part of the writers group. Gloria Van VanDoe. Yeah, she 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 um, started the writers, writers group. She, w- with yeah, Phil, with her husband.
4: Yeah, um, Bill Hickok. Yeah. Hicko- Hicko- yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Compare and, com- and contrast Kansas City and New York City
3: art wise. <laughs> Kansas City is pretty awesome. I mean, I think in many ways much more innovative. And you know, you can do a show here and you don't have to break the bank. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it still has that hey, let's put on a play, I've got a barn. It still has that feel in Kansas City. You can't do that in New York. I mean, even for an, uh, an off, 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 you know, jump off the cliff play, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're still gonna reach it and it's gonna be thousands of dollars. And so I think here you have the opportunity to do great work, kind of produce yourself and be very innovative. And I will always toot Kansas City's horn creatively. I mean, look, I'm back. Yeah, I am no back. Way. I mean, I cut my teeth at the Coterie Theater, UMKC. Uh, the theater's here in Kansas City. That's where I learned my craft and my tra- young audiences. I used to go do young audiences all over Kansas City, Missouri and the, well, the greater Kansas City area. New York Theater is, I think the musicals are fabulous. Mm-hmm. If you like musicals, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're fabulous. I, I, some of the straight plays, meh. They're good, but, you know, Kansas City does a lot of great plays, too, you know, original work and so forth. So I would say I wouldn't I wouldn't play or cut Kansas City short on what they do artistically. And again, you know, in New York, there's just a lot more money flowing Mm -hmm. for people to do those big plays. And then they do those bus and truck companies that come to Kansas City and come to Michigan and go all over the city from you know the, from the Broadway shows like my, you know the Michael Jacksons and 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 Hamilton the, yeah Hamilton and all those mm-hmm. they do the bus and truck uh, tours on the other cities, but Kansas City's good. Kansas City, everything is up to date. Up to date in, in Kansas, Kansas
1: City. City.
0: All righty,
3: yeah. then. Mm-hmm. I
0: like it. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and continue our conversation, ladies. What do you call yourselves? Angela kind of
4: referred you to as uh, to you as the Gap ladies. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah. Well. Because we came around for um, filling the gap. Okay. So when we started talking, you know, well, what will we call the show or ourselves? Mm-hmm. And that's what we came to because we were, you know, thinking about, you know, We all have gaps. We have gaps in history. And then with black history, how hard it is to find out what's happening Mm -hmm. and then how that shapes you as an individual. There's really places that you don't have information or there are gaps. Yes. And so that was kind of the organizing theme. And so and like Gina said earlier, GAP stands for Gina. Mm-hmm. Angela, Angela Phyllis. And Phyllis. So we thought we were very clever with that. That is so clever, weren't
3: so <laughs> we? Clever, so clever, clever. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back after okay.
4: this message.
5: Did you know your business or organization
3: could be sponsoring this episode of Urban Connections? Learn more at kkfi.org/slash/marketing.
6: Community Voices is one way that KKFI seeks to highlight local individuals and organizations who are making a difference in their communities. If you have an organization or initiative that you would like to see highlighted on our airwaves, please go online to kkfi.org slash and submit information about your organization or initiative.
0: FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio, Urban Connections is the program. Once again, my guests are... uh Ladies of the Gap. <laughs> I like that. It has a ring. It has a ring to it. And that is Gina Bardwell, Angela Hagenbach, and Phyllis Becker, all native Kansas Cityans. And they are doing a presentation tomorrow at 31 West 31st Street. Mm-hmm. And that's the new... Um, Writer's Place?
4: Yes, that's where the Writer's Place is at, the nonprofit village.
0: You know, because I'm old school and it used to be over Yeah, um, that
4: big, lovely, the b- house. old
0: oh, no. structure. What happened to that structure right off Broadway on right. 36th so, Street?
4: you know, it just was unsustainable to keep the building, you know, yeah. old, old and very old. Drafty. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: So. Uh, anyway, tomorrow, Riverfront Reading Series is presenting Feeling the Gap, where these iconic Kansas City artists Gina Bardwell, Phyllis Becker and Angela Hagenbach will join their energies through poetry, fiction and music and we're going to be filling your ancestors filling the gap we've all got these gaps mm-hmm. what do you say to people e- either one of you about exploring the gaps in their ancestry um, What's what, what do you advise people to do
4: well, and my so. family, I was lucky, my Aunt Nell mm-hmm. was our family historian, okay. and so, and she was, you know, just an amazing woman who, um, this was before, you know, all the websites for looking at your ancestry, ancestry and all yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she she really dug in, she made it part of her Ph.D. studies, she, she went to Africa, she went to Suriname where our family, parts of our family ended up, or the original Beckers ended up. and South America? Mm-hmm. Top of South America. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and so she was just committed to us, and she took us all along with her. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was younger, it was like, oh God, Aunt yeah. Nellie's calling again and wants, <laughs> I'm supposed to fill out a genogram. I'm like, oh my God, please. And so, but, of course, now it's just like we're all so thrilled that she gave us such a good jump. And and I sort of feel like Angela's playing that role in her family. She's the Aunt Nellie. She and her sister are the Aunt Nellie her family. <laughs> you hear that and, Angela. Yes, I do.
1: <laughs> and Gina, <laughs> I you have guys got to, of knowing Aunt Nellie, so Yeah, you, you yeah. Aunt Nellie, so, okay. Yeah.
4: yeah. All right. She's
1: like one of my one of my uh, genealogical
0: godmothers. Right on. <laughs> right on. We, we all had genealogically genealogical godmothers. <laughs> Gina.
3: Well, and as Phyllis was going to say, I the the or are the storytellers mm-hmm. in my family. Were my aunt Irene, mm-hmm. Irene Whitley Marcus, and Gertrude Helen Gertrude Whitley Bardwell, which was my mother, mm-hmm. and they told. stories stories and my aunt really kept a a collection of pictures and artifacts and ephemera from her great, her grandparents and great grandparents and she was always taking pictures and telling us these stories all along the way Uh, and then she would say well this is Carter Oliver this is where it started there he is you know couldn't read nor write now and then she would talk about the genealogy as Phyllis said Before Ancestry, before 23andMe, before Mm -hmm. any of these things, you know, Facebook, social media, nothing. It it was just storytelling. And then my uh, my mother was a great, had a photographic memory and could remember facts all the way back to when she was four, three or four years old and would recall just stories that were, were breathtaking and sometimes eerie and very sad and very, You know, exuberant about our family. And between my mother and my Aunt Irene, and also my Aunt Geneva, who worked in the garment district here Mm. in Kansas City, Missouri, and was really one of the first black women to be considered a technical designer. Mm-hmm. She put all the, sort of the, the, the fine buttons on clothing. And, she, and it's not, it wasn't, it was not Nellie Dons, it was Brandon Purits, okay. which Brandon Puritz, which used to do uh, dresses and so forth for, uh, you know, for ladies, ladies' everyday wear. And, you know, Kansas City used to be the second largest garment district next to New York.
5: Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, So there was Nellie Don, there was Brandon Puritan. My Aunt Geneva was, I mean... She could she sew as though she were designing something for, for Halston or Yves Saint Laurent. She right. could finish off in a garment. You, you could wear the garment inside out. Okay. It was so beautifully done, right? So these were the women who influenced me and these are where my stories uh, germinate. And I'm just so, I, I am so grateful that I wrote so many things down and that I have Phyllis and, and Angela sort of whacking me in the back going, right, right, right. That's and what friends are for. That's <laughs> been great, yes. yes. Um,
0: ladies, thank you so much. Ladies of the Gap. Gina Bardwell, Angela Hagenbach, and Phyllis Becker doing their presentation tomorrow, Feeling the Gap at 31 West 31st Street. This is a presentation of the Riverfront Reading Series, and they are fusing their energies, and they're going to share poetry, fiction, and music to talk, talk about their ancestral history. Thank you all so much for being here. Thanks for hanging out through all the technical difficulties and all such businesses that Angela thank you so much for being here uh, we love you here at KKFI and um, all the best to you and you know we want this um Uh, series, these Mm -hmm. gap filling to be ongoing so we'll be looking to...
3: We hope to. We hope to, okay. Thank you so much for having us. You're so welcome. We're honored to be here.
0: It's my honor and my pleasure. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Everybody, please stay tuned at the top of the hour for Brother Jay and Changing Narratives. We're taking you out with another well, this song that we have... uh, on site. I can't believe you're in love. I should have brought my CD of Poetry in Love, mm-hmm. which is okay. Angela Hagenbach doing uh, the musical versions of Phyllis Becker's poetry. So cool. I'm going to bring that. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. Well, Stay tuned. That could
3: be another show. That could be Aww. another show indeed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank thanks. you. Mm-hmm. All, right. Bye-bye. you Bye-bye. All right. Bye bye. See you tomorrow. Bye, Angela. <laughs>